0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football uk. My name is David, and this evening we are going to attempt to enthuse about FPL. But of course, it's been a very difficult one so far. Um, just a trolling at all levels, to be honest, uh, in FPL. Uh, with the Man City game and the Brentford games uh, especially and so I'm going to do my best to uh, find some key talking points and statistical uh, analysis that we can take forward into game week seven uh, fingers crossed in such a way that doesn't leave everybody too depressed at how Saturday has gone for everybody um, fully appreciate that the uh, the Man United game is on uh, right now so um, very very uh, flattered if you've got me on a second screen whilst you're watching that one. Um, alternatively, you know, you might be checking this out after that particular game. So hello to you if you're watching this not live. Um, with these eight o'clock games, we don't like to budge the schedule too much. I think half past eight a good time uh, to do this video, uh, and if that means bringing you some live updates from Burnley versus Man United, and some of you watch uh, it a little bit later, then that's all good with me. So yeah, let us know how you've got on today. Hello to Jamie, Dave, and Joey and Cam all in the chat. It sounds like you've all had a bit of a difficult day I've certainly had a difficult day both in FPL and in real life if I'm honest those of you who joined me this morning uh, for the deadline stream will have seen me in fine health as the day has continued my my throat has become sore and sore and I think I possibly am coming down with a cold that could just be my body's natural reaction to seeing Alvarez blank after signing him on a minus four and Brentford concede three at home to Everton Um, I've also seemingly misplaced one of my goldfish as well I had six in there in that tank Can only see five of them at the moment. So if we've got any fish experts in the chat, let me know as to where my fish has gone. I think I know what's happened to it. It's not exactly the most, uh, um, well, best news to get on a day when, as I said, Alvarez blanks on a minus four and and Brentford concede free home to Everton. Um, So, yeah, um, if if you can top that for a day, let me know. Uh, Dave says that he's watching me in the Rugby World Cup at the same time. I'll tell you what I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm, i take that. Thank you very much I appreciate the uh, I'm just flattered by that, that you, you've got me on at the same time. Such an important Rugby World Cup game uh, Uproar um, went with Edouard. It didn't pay off. Yeah no, I'm sorry my friend that was a good transfer. I think it was a. I, I mean just what a day. What we, we're going to find from some of these numbers that we've seen a lot of trends um, just not really pay off it, It's It's been a frustrating day all round um and so yeah if you're in the same spirits as me let me know um if you're having a good day w- would someone please turn up and tell us you've had a good day because i think the rest of us have had a shocker so yeah uh oh, we've got jamie saying is non out that's probably as close as we're going to get to a good day in the chat probably um let us know how you got on jamie and uh how you're looking going into uh the sunday matches um so uh oh, he says i <laughs> Yeah, is is thinking that it's um that the the well we we've, we've all had this curse this season, haven't we? About the most signed player just blanking at the next hurdle. I think it's four game weeks in a row now um but uproar's got a green arrow for now so that's cool we're we're, we're happy with that um before we get any further as per usual um got to talk about the fact that uh, you know the members area is going to be where we're going to get a lot of this stuff from and so if you enjoy a lot of this content uh then yeah if you want more access to it on a daily basis that you can interact with yourself and sort of work with it on your own time get yourself a membership uh as well because it's super useful uh will make a huge huge difference and yeah we're going to be using the members area to specifically try and work out what went wrong today it can't tell me where my missing fish is but it will almost certainly tell me where my missing points are which is the main thing so um let's uh not forget that um yeah we can still save 30 on those pre-season prices um which is which is great so um yeah make sure you get it sorted before the next deadline we've got a double game week coming up so you may um, want to get that sorted in time for that uh, and we also have a message from our sponsor as well today's video is sponsored by uh, betway the principal betting partners of West Ham and betting partner of Brighton. On Fridays, they announce the Heroes of the Weekend. You can bet £10 on player markets, top score of the Heroes, and they will credit a £1 free bet for every point up to £20. Betway are also running giveaways, including shirts and tickets for West Ham and Brighton. We know not everybody gambles, which is something we take very seriously. That's why on our website we have a filter you can turn on, which allows you to opt out of the gambling ads. For those who do enjoy it responsibly and safely, there's more about uh, info about Betway in the description. You, of course, have to be over 18 uh, to play, and we encourage everybody to gamble responsibly. Be gamble-aware or when the fun stops, stop. Now, it is a day where it kind of feels like maybe there wasn't all that much fun, but am I going to stop playing FPL? Absolutely not. No, I feel very um, determined to make things right uh, in next game week uh, after today. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Probably going to roll a transfer. You know what I'm like. But, oh, man, what a day it has been. So I, this morning, or rather last night, made three transfers. It was Gabriel to Botman, uh, Foden to Salah. Yeah, you may remember Foden as that guy that scored today, first goal of the season after I sold him, knew that was going to happen. And Jackson to Alvarez, and of course Alvarez went and blanked. So Jackson, of course, is going to haul big for Chelsea on Sunday. Um, But yeah, that was all for a minus four. So uh, 16 points so far for me, uh, two from Flecken, one from Umbermo. One from Alvarez and 12 from Holland. Now, to be fair, I've not had that many people play, so maybe this is going to look a little bit better after Sunday. Uh, but as I said, combine that with, I think, coming down with a cold and losing one of my fish, it's not a good day. <laughs> it's not a good day. A minus four and minus fish. Um, and I've even, I'm even sat here, to be honest, with a blanket over me because uh, I need to stay warm. And boy, is it difficult to stay warm with a team like this so far today. It's it's just the decisions not coming off. I think that's that's the thing, to be honest. And the, the size of the Red Arrow is, is phenomenally huge. So I think game week three, I was 19k. Then game week four, I was 82k. Game week five, I was 237k or something. And now I'm down to 639k. It really was not a good Saturday at all. What I probably should have been doing, uh, instead of listening to all the games on the radio, because honestly, when, that, when the second... Everton goal went in. I just my face just absolutely dropped. I should have been in a garden centre because that's that's normally the best place to go and digest some of these games because you're not like kind of along for the ride. And I was very much along the along for the ride with that Brentford game, and it really didn't go the way I was hoping. So, yes, uh, if that was you, let me know. If you've managed to kind of avoid um, kind of being heavily uh, involved in the I guess the narratives and the storylines of today's games, and you have been able to make it to a garden centre today. Uh, let me know in the chat. Um, here is my game week seven team, bus team. And uh, I mean, well, uh, it's sort of in its embryonic stages in terms of decision-making, because of course um, we've got actually still quite a fair few matches to go. But uh, for the moment, it's Flecken, and Bottman, Chilwell. Chilwell, I, I would like to give him an opportunity to come back in. Um, Cash and Anderson on the bench um, outside of the defenders. So then in Embermo, Madison, Diaby, Sattler, Saka. Quite happy with that as a midfield five. Alvarez and hand up front. And what we're going to have a look at in a second second is that I'm not that upset um, about having Alvarez you know I I feel like he's still going to offer something in the next couple of weeks which is what we're going to look at now um, stats of the day is all about going over some of the key numbers for the day and just to clarify, obviously this is being recorded whilst uh, Man United and Burnley's game is ongoing, which means it's kind of difficult for us to read too much into sort of like the top performance of the day in terms of the stats, like shots, and like, you know, for the, all the games, because of course they're not all in yet. Uh, the Sunday matches, we've got more Sunday matches than normal as well. So um, comparing today's shooters against players and other matches and when other ga- games haven't been on, it's a little bit tricky. So rather than go across... Just like the whole day, I've picked out three games uh, from today that we're going to kind of have a bit of a laser focus on, and of course we have to start with Man City, and Forest because um, you know City have gone and won that game. I think it was two nil, um, so we've got a clean sheet. But it, it proved to be a bit of an eventful day where you know things didn't completely go uh, City's way because, of course, they had the red card. It uh, didn't really go Alvarez's way because he blanked, and then because of that red card was taken off. And so, first things first, I think we do have to say that... The red card clearly changed things here. It was a moment of, I guess, quite literally madness from Rodri. He's not normally the kind of player that is going to go and grab an opponent in the way that he did today. So, you know, you can't expect that to happen too often. Um, Alvarez did manage to last a little bit longer um, than, you know, like he wasn't subbed immediately after the red card. Um, 56 minutes he made. Um now, interestingly enough, th- some interesting stats from this particular game is that he actually only touched the ball in the box twice, uh, which is mildly discouraging, but he was still very, very persistent in this game for trying to get goals. And this is kind of what I mean in terms of, like, yes, it's annoying that he's blanked, but I'm not sat here, I'm not going to, like, panicking, knee jerking. Um, I'm also mildly annoyed, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, uh, about the fact that Foden got his goal after uh, I sold him. Um, you know, um, But the stats on this game, again, don't make me too concerned about having the decision I've made there because actually Foden actually only had one effort on goal in the game. It was in the box. It was on target. It was a goal. Um, he offensively so far this season hasn't necessarily been you know shooting with a ridiculous level of uh, volume, uh, and that continued today. And so having sold Foden, yeah, it's annoying that he's got that goal, but I've gone on to Salah. And I feel a bit more confident owning Salah in the coming weeks than I do um, owning Foden. So it's it's annoying. It's one of those ones where it was like, you know, right decision, uh, I think. Wrong outcome. But, you know, we move, as they say. And then, yeah, Alvarez did actually finish this game top of total shots. So he had four efforts on goal in this game. Admittedly, only one of them in the box. But he had two on target, which is also the joint best in this game. Now, a lot of those shots did come from the fact that he was taking some direct free kicks... Um, but hey, great, that's good. He's a guy who's on direct free kicks. So that's what we want to see, and he can score, Then we know he can do that. So um, that is that is useful, I think. Um, yes, it's really irritating. I mean, there's going to be loads of you out there. I can see you already in the chat, You know, frustrated about Alvarez not getting an attacking return. Dave makes a good point in the chat that Alvarez had some good chances in the first half yet, and that's very much quantified here in these stats, as far as I can see. Um, and then let's move to the shot map as well. Um, you know, he was having shots. He had some decent opportunities and decent positions, from what we can see uh, on that heat map. And he does shoot from outside the box as well, and he can score them. So he uh, he's always got an eye for goal. And today wasn't any different. It wasn't like we brought, all brought him in and then he didn't turn up. Uh, he, he did turn up he just got a bit unfortunate because I think if it wasn't for that red card he probably last longer in the game and then that persistence that he'd shown may have led to something so um, it's worth reminding ourselves that rather than as I said getting too frustrated and annoyed about it um, just try and look for the positives as we move forward to next week because I don't think he's him blanking this week means he's bad for next week um, it's also worth pointing out uh, what he was able to achieve creatively as well because that's uh, something we've been talking about in the last couple of days he of course offers goal threat not anywhere near as much as Haaland, of course, but, um, you know, it's still strong enough. But crucially, he has been a very, very important creator for City this year, uh, which is obviously very important in a world where De Bruyne is not fit. Now, uh, going into game week six, he had created 16 chances so far this season. So that was the joint second best behind only one Pedro Neto, who we're actually, funnily enough, going to talk about in a minute Uh, behind only him for the volume of chance creation so far this season. And funnily enough, in this game today, no Man City player put in more crosses than Alvarez. So he crossed the ball three times. Um, Doku and Foden, two each. Gibbs White actually finished this game on top for that particular stat, but the point is is that Alvarez still did all the things that he has been doing up until now in a City shirt. He just didn't score, and that's annoying, but it's really important to note that it wasn't through lack of trying. Because when players are still trying and they've had some decent form, then you can be fairly confident that you can be confident in their moving forward. If, however, today we'd seen maybe like one effort on goal and he didn't create any chances, then maybe we'd start to get a bit nervous. But that's not what we saw. And it's worth reminding ourselves of that as we move forward into game week seven. Now, game week seven is a natural fact, a double game week. So we should be calling it a double game week seven in actual fact. Um, and who's playing twice in that game week? Well, Burnley are one of those two teams. And the other is Luton Town, who today got their first Premier League point of the season uh, with a one all draw against Wolves. Uh, the goal came from one, yes, you guessed it, Carlton Morris uh, from the penalty spot and that of course is timely because he had kind of been in the conversation for double game week seven anyway and he's almost certainly going to get a closer look going into that game week now that he's got himself uh, his second goal of the campaign it's his third attacking return because he had an assist earlier in the season uh, as well so there's going to be a lot of interest in how he got on in this game well there we are right on cue uh, uh, Ayad let me know if I've pronounced your name correctly in the chat Has put Game Week 7 Morris captain. Well, I think, unfortunately, probably not. Now, I was semi-interested in him. But from what I'm seeing in the last two games, I don't think I'm going to go for him. We will see how I feel later in the week. But I just haven't seen enough from him, to be honest, to warrant putting him in and then probably taking him straight out again. You know... Could maybe wildcard in game week, eight, but I don't want to really be making wildcard decisions around, um, you know, Luton players, to be honest. So um, I thought we'd have a look at what he's achieved in the last two games because they are of note because they have been against very favourable opposition. It was Fulham and then Wolves, two teams who had been offering up uh, big chances to their opponents at a ridiculous rate they were two of the worst and most obliging defenses in the premier league um oh apparently i pronounced your name correctly thank you (laughs) thank you for confirming that Uh, i was a little bit worried so Uh, oh and it looks like in actual fact i did promise that we would have uh, updates of man united burnley it sounds as if united have gone ahead and it's important for fpl because it looks like It's Bruno Fernandes. Now, earlier on in the evening, it looked as if Johnny Evans had managed to score his first Man United goal in something like eight years. Of course, he's been away from the club and he's back. Got ruled out for offside. But Johnny Evans has actually got himself an assist for this goal. Bruno Fernandes has, I think, got his first goal of the season, which is really nice to see. We had been talking about United players... Uh, as being uh, players who we probably hold for this Burnley game because Burnley have been quite obliging um, at the back this season. Really nice to see Bruno's got that goal. He's kind of been on my radar for a little while. Need to see something in this game from Bruno. Maybe I'm going to bring him into my team when their fixtures get really nice because his underlying stats have been very good. So it's really nice to see him get the goal. So there we are. Live updates there from Turf Moor 1 0 to Manchester United. Johnny Evans assist for one Bruno Fernandez goal. Uh, Masui- uh, Musica Pogo says, I now just need Rashford goal and Bruno assist, please, so we feast. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, I don't own none of those players, but I obviously feel the pain of people who've held them all the way through to this game, knowing that this was a favourable fixture. So there we are. But yes, yeah, speaking of favourable fixtures, Luton have had them over the last two games, and I was hoping for a lot more from Morris, and we just didn't get it. Of course, uh, Fulham were able to beat Luton last week 1-0, um, and then... Um, I just Wolves were down to 10 men today and Luton still could only muster a draw. I think that that, in and of itself, tells you probably all you need to know about Morris's credentials for Game Week 7. Um, now, I'm not suggesting that he... I mean, he could still have a mad one in Game Week 7 and then I look like a mug, but when we make these decisions, we have to think about balance of probabilities, right? And yes, of course, the balance of probabilities are, are skewed in the favour of more returns in a Game Week where he's going to play twice, but... We have to look at the underlying statistics as well, and I'm not seeing enough to suggest that he's going to go into either of those games, you know, firing off shots left, right, and centre, and and hitting the back of the net regularly. Um, now he did he did okay today. This was his probably one of his best performances uh, in some time. But of course, Wolves were down to ten men, so we can't expect that kind of scenario in these two double game weeks he had he, he finished this game top for shots on target morris did um he had three sh- shots total two in the box two big chances um brown uh, had uh, also of luton had more shots than him total four to three um more shots in the box four to two but they weren't big and he had one less shot on target so morris clearly is the main goal threat for luton however um, just having a look at what he's done over the last two, because he has had basically the two best fixtures you could possibly have in the Premier League right now against two very obliging defences in Fulham and Wolves, I thought I'd have a look at how often he'd been able to shoot in the last two compared to all other forwards. Uh, and so he had just one shot against Fulham. So um, again, uh, so when you put those two games together, this is I'm in the members area now, and I'm just quoting a couple of numbers from, I've sorted all FPL forwards by... Um, shots over the last two matches just the four for Morris which is level with McBurney, Beto at Everton, Foster at Burnley, uh, John Duran at Aston Villa, uh, Amduni also at Burnley but we've got Isak, Ferguson, Brown, uh, Jacob Brown obviously at Luton, Visser, Watkins, Solanke, Alvarez, Nunez, Jackson, Harland, all of these players have had more efforts on goal than Morris, despite him having two of the best fixtures in the league. That's sorted by shots in the box. Just the three, and we've got about nine players, or nine forwards, I should say, so this isn't even including midfielders, to be honest, and we are very interested in midfielders right now with more efforts in the box. And then in terms of shots on target, he does perform a little bit better, relatively speaking, but he's only had two shots on target in the last two matches we've got about five players with more shots on target. It's worth pointing out that one of those uh, shots that's in the box and a big chance and on target was today's penalty. So actually, it's also worth pointing out that Morris still hasn't scored from open play yet this season and we're six games in. Um, and as I said, those last two games, I was hoping for so much more, especially in open play. Especially in open play, we haven't seen that yet. What you're hoping for, In these two double games, he says that he gets a penalty. But chances of him getting a penalty in both games, quite slim. Not going to bother doing the maths after a long day. I'm not feeling great. (laughs) Not feeling too well. That's just maths I'm not going to do now. But I think we all know that it's not um, particularly likely he's going to get a penalty in each game so yeah that's the situation with with Morris uh, so far today let's talk about Wolves now um, because conversely I think that they are a team I will be interested in at some point Uh, when their fixtures start to turn I'll just double check when that is because uh, they're sort of on the radar for my wildcard team Uh, it's around game week 11 I think it is because they get Sheffield United Fulham Burnley and Forest as four of their six games between game week 11 and game week 16 now neto has started the season wells 25 points going in to uh the uh, i think from his first five games uh, he's obviously got an attacking return today um i uh so he, he scored uh wolves equalizer uh, against uh luton today um the interesting thing is, funnily enough, his stats have been actually unreal so far this season. He was the top creator in the Premier League going into game week six, in that he'd created more chances than any other player. Only Salah had created more chances that were deemed big by Opta as well. Um, relatively decent number of attacking ret- uh, sort of like shots and shots in the box things like that. Funnily enough, today um, he. It's a bit of an enigma. I haven't seen the highlights yet. I've read a couple of reports and I've looked at some numbers. So these are sort of my initial reactions, but of course that's what stats of the day is all about. It's our initial reactions to Saturday's action. Um uh, yeah, actually nice to see actually J77 Lag in the chat said that Neto was was on the radar for them as well. Um it's good to know. I think at some point I will own him. He, out of all Wolves players, was the most advanced player today. Um, so in effect Kind of played like the centre forward in terms of the average position map in the members area. However, um, Neto created one chance today, which is unlike him when you consider how what he's done so far this season, uh, and just one effort on goal, just one shot. Uh, it was in the box. It wasn't a big chance, but it was on target and it definitely ended up in the back of the net because he got himself a goal. Now, it's worth pointing out the red card was relatively early in this game. So probably these stats were impacted by that red card. Uh, so so I guess fingers crossed we should see him back to his statistical best moving forward. Um, but, yeah, interesting one there, really, um, how the, the game's panned out for him. I suppose perhaps the conclusion is even in a game where Wolves go down to 10 men and he doesn't really have that much in the way of opportunities or statistical form, he can still deliver. Uh, so when he is able to play in games where Wolves have good fixture against a team they should beat and against a team they, they should really be controlling possession against, those teams we mentioned earlier, those four matches they're going to be able to play between game week 11 and 16 should give him the opportunity to be one of the best players on the pitch. I think that's a time when I'm very much going to want to own him. If I'm wildcarding around that time, that feels like the best moment to get him in because it does feel very difficult to sort of justify transfers for Wolves players right now. But it's but yeah, Neto is is primed and ready for my team, uh, I think. Um We've got another question actually just going back to Game Week 7 about uh, the fixtures. Just looking at the Game Week 7 fixtures, do you think it makes sense to consider a bench boost? Uh, unfortunately, I don't. I think the fact that we're not even really seriously considering the most likely player to score across the two teams playing twice in Luton and Burnley, because of course, Lyle Foster going to miss the first game because of that suspension. He's coming back for the second one, though, because I think there's an EFL Cup game that um, sort of helps clear one of the games for him. If we're not even thinking of captaining Morris, I think that the message that sends is that none of the options are really that good. So if you're going to bench boost for game week seven, to make that work, you've got to at least trust in the Burnley and Luton players. I think we all don't. But you then also need a volume of them. Because the best way to maximize a bench boost is to make sure that, well, basically everybody on your bench is either a single game week player with a fantastic fixture, or they're all double game weekers. Um, And so in order to stack up on tons of Burnley Luton players, you either have to take loads of hits to get them all in now, which, because I'm going to assume you don't have a ton of those players yet, or ever, (laughs) you're probably never going to have them. Uh, Or alternatively, you've got them now and you need to get rid of them pretty quick because Burnley and Luton are not good this year and you're not going to really want any of their players past game week seven which would mean probably locking yourself into a game week eight wildcard i do think that you are going to be serving your team better off if you are wildcarding from a position of strength shall we say you know you can shift from one high performing team to another based on a particularly violent fixture swing which to be fair we do get one of those in game week nine Uh, but i would sort of be very loath to sort of make a wildcard decision based on having put too many Burnley and Luton players on my team so that's kind of my view there definitely save your bench boost for later in the season probably like a game week sometime between game week 31 and 38 when we get like a ton of uh, fixtures to make like a double game week where we've got maybe like eight to ten teams playing twice you know that's then any wild card get them all in bench boost that that's that's the way to do it so i really really would not waste any chips on double game week seven uh, i haven't seen enough from either team yet to really justify that let's move on to our final game analysis of the day there haven't really been that many i'm gonna leave crystal palace versus fulham today to be honest because um from what I understand, it was as if nothing happened at that game. Um, I was listening to uh, BBC Radio 5 Live this afternoon, and uh, the uh, the unfortunate lady who was uh, the sort of correspondent at Selhurst Park very much was like, good luck watching this on Match of the Day because you're probably going to have to stay up till about midnight, and it is not going to be a fun watch. So I'm leaving that one. I will just talk about Brentford Neverton, which, wow, what a, just, honestly, I was very unimpressed with what I'd got out of my players going into the 5.30 kickoff. And I thought, it's okay. Brentford at home to Everton, that's the home banker. Well, not really. Because pretty much everything we thought we knew about Everton just kind of got thrown out the window in this game. I think they went 1-0 up inside six minutes. And actually played really well, to be fair. Abdullah Diouf sounds like he had an absolute stormer. Um, in in terms of looking for mitigating circumstances here, I mean, of course, uh, Brentford uh, without Rico Henry now for basically the rest of the season. So unfortunately, um, I'm kind of now a little bit worried about Brentford defence. I know he's in inverted commas only the left back, and before anybody has a go, I play left back quite a lot. So that's not meant to be an insult to left backs, but you know, normally you would expect the loss of a centre back or. Perhaps Perhaps a holding midfielder would be more damaging to a team's uh, defensive potential. But he has just been so good. He gets forward a lot on the left-hand side. And it's sort of um, sometimes it, the modern fullback kind of defends by their positioning. If they can push it, position themselves high up the pitch, it sort of pegs teams back on their flank. So, you know, the loss of him is is unfortunate. So I'm going to be keeping my eye on Brentford's defence as we move into the next couple of weeks where they aren't going to have him for, as I said, basically the whole season now. That is unfortunate um in terms of other mitigating circumstances uh, Sharda was supposed to come into the team but then he got injured in the warm-up um and so then uh somebody else came in whose name now immediately has escaped me i think it's potter um so is that uh is that a mitigating circumstance i mean a yes and no i mean the plan sort of changed last minute uh lewis potter that's it um but Lewis Potter actually was probably one of uh, Brentford's best players. So you know whether or not that's a mitigating circumstance that we can take comfort or solace in, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but yeah, this this Everton performance, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because they have looked o- okay in fits and spells this season. But you know, um, I certainly wasn't expecting this result. Is what I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, uh, I'd say yeah, Everton was unreal this week. I got in Burma for that fixture and it's so unlucky to see Everton playing their game of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. It's just when we needed Brentford to do something, they didn't. And so I thought I'd have a look at what kind of went down in this particular game, um, starting off with uh, efforts on goal because, of course, uh, I mean, no one's selling Umbermo, are they? No, no one's looking at this result and thinking I don't want him anymore. But, you know, it's worth noting that Umbermo three shots on goal was more than any Brentford player in this game. Uh, two in the box. It was the joint best uh, amongst Brentford players in this game. Uh, but really, what you'll see from the stats is Everton just absolutely pelted uh, Flecken's goal with, with opportunity. So Beto finished the game top for shots. But we had Neal on three shots. dakore Tarkovsky, Garner uh, and Onana um, all had two shots. Um, this might get tricky, the, some of these tables, because the Everton midfield had... Um, Onana, Ghana, and Garner Gay. <laughs> Those three players is a bit of a tongue tw- tongue twister. So I'll try and make sure I get all these names correct. Um, this late on a Saturday after after a long FPL day. Uh, but yeah, so um, Umbermo, Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there was a couple of opportunities. There was one where it was very close and probably went. in. I think the commentator thought it had gone in, but then it just went past the post. So I'm not too worried there. As I said, I'm more worried about their defence because this Everton team that really hasn't offered much this season. Uh, going forward, actually, actually put quite a lot of shots up on, on Brentford, so I'm now a little bit nervous. Someone tweeted me, I I, I can't off the top of my head remember the uh, the name, but they said uh, that the Fleck Republic, as you so call it, David, has become something of a failed state. And uh, yeah, I have to say I'm nervous that that's the way it's going. Um, it's been a tough couple of weeks, as I said. It is going to be on my list of teams to sort of double check that they're still in an okay position. Because, of course, yeah, I do think that losing um, Rico Henry is is a big blow for them. Uh, they, going into game week six, they were in the top five for fewest big chances conceded. So I think people who are upset here can see as a lot of you are upset about the result for this game. You know, like, w- we all kind of, like, we, nobody really made a bad decision back in the defence here. Because it was a defence that had been performing well, going up against an attack that hadn't been performing well, you know. That's the right decision. You back that game, and it's sort of like you know not going the way you expect. I mean, that's football. So what we do is we just we we take the anomalies and we we study them, hopefully for as long as it takes to discover a slightly tweaked or or nuanced trend compared to before, and then we make the then we make the application to our decisions afterwards. So we've been here before. We've seen this happen. We've seen teams have good good runs at one end of the pitch another team have a bad run at the, end of the pitch and then those runs end or change in some way so this very much could be one of those so as I said Brentford going to be on my radar in terms of the creativity here I wanted to just give a shout out to Tarkovsky because Garner and then Garner Gay, who's a different player uh, they were two of the most creative players for Everton in this game. Four uh, chances created for the former, three for the latter. Um, but yeah, Tarkovsky joint top in this game. Four chances created with a total of four, which is uh, an interesting thing to see because, uh, funnily enough, I have an apology to give. And again, I'm forgetting everybody's names today. There was someone who I was having a bit of a chat with on the deadline stream this morning. He was asking me about Tarkovsky, and I just absolutely poo-pooed that idea. And I was like, uh, are you serious? Tarkovsky away at Brentford? <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, he's done very well today. Uh, so I apologise to that unfortunate punter who's uh, uh, running with so-called expert David Monday went particularly bad this morning, uh, or rather over lunchtime. So I do apologise for that. He's had a very good game. So um, now <laughs> it's kind of got me looking at them fixtures again um, for Everton because, well, you know, if you've still got Pickford, you know, um, they got Luton, of course, in Game Week 7. We've already talked about the fact they haven't been great going forward. Bournemouth in Game Week 8. So maybe there's some legs still in your everton defenders who've perhaps managed to sneak their way into your game week seven squad because you've had bigger fires to put out and yeah tarkovsky getting involved in that many chances created is is particularly interesting to see um let's finish off with just a quick sort of browse through some of the the main stats on the fantasy football scout members area um you know as i said it's uh, important of course to get your membership sorted out i just wanted to sort of like kind of show you some of the things you get uh, if you do that, because what you can see right now is a sort of incomplete layout uh, because we've got the Burnley v. United game currently playing, which will, you know, uh, amend some of these tables. And there's lots of Sunday games as well. Um, when you come to the members area on a Saturday evening and you want to see how things have gone, of course, you can always head over to the matches uh part of the screen over here and that's where you can go into specific detail in terms of those specific matches there's all sorts of things you can pick out on the left hand side but the the home screen is particularly useful um because you've got your xg underachievers and overachievers of the day and we've already kind of touched upon some of this but yeah um julian alvarez was today's top xg underperformer not including burnley v man united so if you are a bit miffed about how that's gone down well, don't worry. Moving forward, he should be able to uh, do better than he did today. And then conversely, Foden was today's biggest XG overachiever. So again, if you'd sold Foden because, you know, eye test-wise, form-wise, stats-wise, you hadn't been getting, you know, the numbers hadn't been amazing, Um this kind of shows that's still true yeah fine he got a goal but he's a world class player so he's sometimes going to overachieve against his XG Uh, so it's not necessarily the worst decision to have moved him on you know um, anyone else on this I I guess Neto is a bit of an overachiever today so maybe that's going to hold people off for an extra couple of weeks but it's just useful to have access to this Um, the bonus points today Tarkovsky and Foden um, and Leno actually let's quickly talk about Leno we're not going to go into the the Palace Foden game in great detail but he was a goalkeeper that uh, has been pulled out a couple of times because Fulham do concede a lot of shots but his XG prevented and his save percentage has been so, so good uh, that it is just always going to lead to bonus points when they do keep those inevitable clean sheets in games where he's playing well. So um, congratulations to anyone who's got um, Leno right now. It Seems like a good, uh, good shout. Uh, moving forward, a good, good goalkeeper to, to hold through even difficult fixtures to be honest because we'll get uh, lots of saves. Yemi yeah, says Foden is not a world-class player. Well, I disagree with you fundamentally, my friend, and that's fine. We can, we can agree to disagree. Um, I'm not going to say fight me, but also if you want to have a discussion with me in the live chat, I also will relish that. Um, I think Foden is is a world-class player, but that is just my opinion. Uh, J77lag says, how do you think this will affect the Luton-Everton game? Calvert-Lewin took his chance well. Yeah, let's just quickly go back to that game then. Let's have a look at um, how Calvert-Lewin got on. He, of course, was a substitute in this game. um, You would imagine... Uh, the fact he's come through it relatively unscathed, we assume he might well have broken his leg for all we know, because that's just how bad his fitness has been of, of of late. Um, but I would expect him to come back in. I mean, the thing is, um, there's been it, Beto is playing well. I think that's the thing. Is uh, Beto is is having lots of shots. He's holding the ball up well. So maybe Calvert-Lewin doesn't have to come back in. What has been what I have seen discussed is the possibility that when they're both fit, we might see Beto and um, Calvert Lewin start up front together. Um, because of course, Sean Dyche is is a big. He's, he's very much like Mike Bassett. He's a fan of four four two. The kind of like the last man who's into four four two. So we could see them both play up front together, and that actually could be quite. Um, Quite good to be honest against Luton because Luton's defense is still very, very poor. You know, they've obviously conceded and not won a game in which they had the man advantage today. So, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to turn around and say um that I would go by any of them yet, but um maybe there's, yeah, well, today was a kickstart for Everton, wasn't it? I think maybe in a couple of weeks' time, Cavalcanti, maybe, but he's got to stay fit um but yeah also Beto looks good uh, as well um Sam G says anyone else disappointed with Umbermo I mean I'm an Burmo owner so yeah I'm a bit disappointed um it's hard not to be but yeah as I've mentioned here just to sort of go back just in case you weren't um with us live a couple of minutes ago Sam when we were talking about uh his performance today he was still the chief threat for uh Brentford three shots two in the box um And yeah, actually I agree with with Musicopogo that he is he's doing fine given his price. We're gonna get blanks every now and then. I think we were maybe a little bit spoiled with Umbermo, you know, perhaps he became a victim of his own success, he started the season really, really well. It now means that when he doesn't get an attack in return, we become disappointed. However, if you had offered me at the start of the season that after game week six I was gonna look at my team with Umbermo in it, and Umbermo had managed to string together um, you know, four goals. Um thirty six points. I'd have taken it. I would have absolutely taken it. I wouldn't have necessarily minded how they came, you know, whether or not they came as sort of like um an eight point there, sixteen point there. I mean, it is obviously three blanks in his last four, but the stats still look fairly good. He's still having opportunities. Um it is interesting about Brentford because I had them in a box of they're doing well this season. And it wasn't only really, it was only really after the full time whistle for the Everton game where talking on on the radio about the fact that all of a sudden we're now looking at this um, Brentford team. They've not actually won at home this season. And I was like, oh yeah. Like I'd only sort of just kind of realised that. I think sometimes FPL can sort of cloud your judgment in many ways. Like I'd seen the fact that they, that that Burma would just lit the season up so far and just kind of assumed they're always fine and dandy. But when you do actually look at their results. You know they've basically uh, won, yeah they've won one of their first six games, drawn three and lost two. It's not really where they would probably want to be. I think it's six points from their first six, so it's just averaging one point a game. So there's maybe a little bit of work that needs doing there as a team. But even but within that, and is still doing okay. And yeah um nice to see uh, choco cookies in the chat not only because i'm a little bit hungry but also because yeah make uh, a good point there that rico henry is a massive loss for brentford and actually Cho- choco cookies actually predicted uh, a 2-1 win for everton so unfortunately that is the way the cookie crumbled so yeah um and it, before you ask i am actually here all week um unfortunately for you guys um Sam G says, I've got Gordon and my team for tomorrow. Do you think he will start and play the full 90? Uh, that is a very good question. Um, I actually quite like Gordon as a shout. I think he has looked good so far this season. I think statistically, I think he's the Newcastle player that has performed the best. In terms of whether or not I think he's going to start, as ever, I am going to dodge that question because it's not technically my job to know that one. However, it is the job of Neil and Tom and Mark to know because that's what they do as part of the editorial department. Um... They put together the predicted lineups, and interestingly enough, two th- sixty-six point six seven percent of the people who are responsible for this are actually Newcastle fans because both Neil and Mark are Geordies. Um, they unfortunately don't have Gordon in the team. Uh, they've got Barnes and Almer on either side of Wilson, with Anderson, Guamaras and uh, Longstaff uh, of the Sean variety uh, in the midfield three. So, but hey, you never know. Um, the thing about the Newcastle guys. Uh, is that, uh, yeah, like anyone can start, anyone can do well. So even if Gordon doesn't start, I think he could still do well off the bench, to be honest, is good good fixture and actually while we're on the subject of Newcastle let me know in the chat as we just bring things to a close if you've got Botman because he seems to have become the sort of side plot uh side quest of the game week because after the the deadline passed we saw these rumors that Botman hadn't traveled to Sheffield United with everybody else um the suggestion seems to and these are sort of come from fan accounts that are sort of connected with the club's uh, sort of, you know, in-the-know kind of uh, qu- uh, quarters. Sounds like, from what I can glean, if, if, if anyone wants my opinion on it, I appreciate nobody asked, but I'm going to tell you anyway, um, that it looks as if what's happened is he's not travelled to the game, but there hasn't been any kind of injury because he has been seen training. A lot of, I think the club have used a picture of him in training as a sort of like, let's go, Sheffield United game, here we go. Um, he has tweeted a picture of himself, or I think he put it on his Instagram, training, so he's definitely trained... I've only seen one thing on social media that's a possible explanation for this. Um, I have no idea if it's true. I think it's crossed it is because it's hilarious. Um, There's uh, an account that has been interacted with by some of these Newcastle accounts that are sort of ITK and the claim is Femme Botman accidentally took his girlfriend's keys to training so he had to drop them off back at home with his girlfriend before heading to Sheffield which is why everybody else went on the team bus and he got in his own car. That's what that's the latest, right? I haven't got anything else to offer. That might be complete garbage. We have no idea. But thankfully, there's nothing we can do about it. There's no decisions we can make between now and that Newcastle game that's going to impact our FPL team. By the time you have to make your next FPL decision, we will already know whether or not Botman has played that game. My fingers are crossed that that is exactly what happened because that is absolutely hilarious. It's up there with Sofian Bufal, I think it was, once uh, getting an injury uh, in the kitchen from stubbing his toe on like the table. Um so, yeah, we love stuff like that. So the sort of thing that would maybe fit in very well in an episode of The In Between Us. That's exactly what we want to see. So, fingers crossed um, for that one. Um, Khalid says, thoughts on Leno for long term? Yeah. Um, if you sort of jump back, maybe like seven or eight minutes, was just having a look at how he'd done today for bonus. I think he is definitely um, a good one uh, for, uh, for, for long term, to be honest. Uh, Yemi. Here he is. He's, he's, he's back to put me in my place about world-class players. He says, world-class players perform at a high level consistently. Foden offers flashes of brilliance, but he has not consistently performed at the highest level to be called world-class. I suppose it maybe depends on definition of world-class. I think someone who is world-class is someone who has the ability to do great things. Um, and overperform against... Well, I'm going to sound like a stats man now. Somebody overperforms against their XG when given the opportunity. I think that Foden is more world-class than people realise because he doesn't always get the opportunities to shine that he should do. So I think that if... If there's any debate there, it's arguably because of scenarios placed on him that aren't his fault. Let's just clarify that. He doesn't play as often for City as he'd like because he has a manager that rotates quite a lot and is very, very, very demanding. Um, And uh, I I love Gareth Southgate, but I do think that his inability to get the best out of Foden for England is probably one of his weaknesses. Um, He doesn't always deploy Foden in areas where he is going to perform at his best. And I think that if... Uh, Guardiola started more often and Southgate put him in positions where he was more likely to perform you know you put him somewhere he can be used to his best then I think that the consistency would be much much higher Um my personal view is that whenever I have seen him play, he has looked fantastic. But how often he plays is not necessarily always in his hands. But as I said, happy to uh, disagree um, on that one. Uh, like football is all about disagreeing opinion, so I do enjoy that. Um, Heather's in a particularly good mood because uh, they share. So if this Botman thing actually is an injury, you're covered. Um, and Ayad says, okay, now we have to hire relationships experts to decide our FPL squad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, we had Matt Turner, you know, the other week, possibly not playing because of his his partner giving birth, for example. So if anyone out there, you know, is midwife with an FPL team, if we could get an FPL midwife account who literally only tracks the the pregnancy schedules of all the partners of all the Premier League players, that would be useful. And yeah, as Ayad says... um, Yeah, if we could just get some insight into which players are most likely to accidentally take their girlfriend's keys with them when they're about to head to Sheffield, that would be very, very useful because it would stop us all panicking on social media. That is for sure. Well, uh, if, if we're at the point where we're talking about Sven Botman's girlfriend, I think absolutely we are. we're scraping the barrel at this point so um, I will uh, draw things to a close thank you everybody for joining me in the chat very flattered that we had so many of you there even while Man United versus Burnley is on and some of you even had me on whilst watching the Rugby World Cup so I'm very very uh, flattered by that as I said all of this information well, all of it the stuff about Sven Bottom's girlfriend that didn't come from the members area but everything else basically did go and sort yourself out with a membership for Game Week 7 it will be very very useful Um, we've got all sorts of content coming up uh, on the channel over the next couple of days if you uh, like the video subscribe and hit that bell notification you do the big three the holy trinity of those three things you will of course not miss a single thing on Sunday we've got Ali and Gianni at 7pm UK time going through all of the Sunday games and in actual fact to be honest kind of assessing the whole game week because we haven't got any Monday matches and then when we hit Monday we're back to that usual schedule we've got burning questions at lunchtime. we'll have scout cast in the evening Tuesday we'll have general's orders uh, and goals imminent uh, and uh, and so on and so forth so yeah plenty of content in the next couple of days to help you work ahead into that double game week Well, with that, I'll leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of Man United at Burnley Uh, and uh, fingers crossed you get green arrows between now and the next time I see you. So, see you next time. Bye!